All right, let's be opening our Bibles to Philippians chapter 1. So good to see so many of you uh, this morning. And uh, thank you so much to our worship team singing live and in person. It's so good to see you and sing and be led by you into worshiping God. So thank you for that. Thanks again to all our AV crew who have worked so hard. Uh, what a great, some great videos there from, the, the, from Daniel and uh, King Darius. Uh, that was awesome. Some ferocious lions. I thought one of them was going to get after Daniel there at the end. Uh, and, um, and then Josh, Josh, Josh made that video, and I saw it on Facebook. He's like, you know, he, one of the ways he connects with God is through riding his bike in nature, and he made that video. And uh, I saw it and was very moved. I'm like, we got to get that in church. So uh, thank you to Josh. I don't know how he does those uh, videos. It's just beautiful things, beautiful stuff. So, uh, all right, but let's get into the scriptures today. We're talking today, uh, continuing our series in the book of Philippians. We are, the title of our series is A Renewed Mind. Today we're looking at the end of chapter one, and the title of this message is Think It Through. Think It Through, Renewing Your Mind Through Anxious Circumstances. I'm going to preach today, but we have a special treat. Jordan is going to come up in a few minutes, and she's going to share about how the Spirit has renewed her mind through some anxious circumstances this week. So uh, you get a, a Joel and Jordan combo platter today. Uh, I really hope that it encourages you, inspires you, and uh, helps you deal with anxiety. Does anybody else besides me deal with any anxiety in their life? I think we struggle with this to various degrees. It's really one of our, the biggest uh, ways Satan steals our peace and our joy. Now, there's multiple contributions to all of our anxiety issues. There's no quick fix or easy answer. And yet, the Apostle Paul shares in Philippians chapter 4, verse, uh, let me turn my clicker on, Philippians chapter 4, uh, verse 11 says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. For I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity in any in every circumstance. I have learned, italics mine, okay? I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Paul went through a lot of anxiety-producing circumstances in his life, and he shares here that there's actually things that we can learn spiritually that can help us cast our anxiety onto God, the way Philippians teaches us, amen? And twice he says learned that re in this passage, I've learned secret, I've learned that regardless of the circumstances, I can experience and learn how to experience joy and peace that comes from within, what comes from our walk with God, not based on our circumstances going better, right? Are you with me? So the thesis of our message today is we can have peace and joy in any storm. Any storm that we're facing now or will face in the future, but we have to be a learner. We have to be like Paul and learn spiritual secrets. So what do we need to learn? How to think spiritually through our anxiety. So the title, therefore, Think It Through, 
uh, renewing our mind through anxious circumstances. The goal of this message is for us to examine, challenge, and inspire our thought processes. Processes, processes, processes. You know what I'm trying to say, okay? To examine how we think um, and to look at the Apostle Paul's thinking through his challenging circumstance, which we're going to talk about in a minute, what those were, and how his joy and peace was renewed through that anxiety. And then we're going to listen to some of Jordan's thinking and how she faced some challenging circumstances this past week, but how the Spirit renewed her mind. And then we're going to talk about our thinking, some application questions to help us uh, experience this mind renewal through whatever anxiety-producing circumstances you are or will face. Amen? Okay, so first of all, let's talk about Paul's thinking. Philippians chapter 1, um, verse 12, Paul says, Now I want you to know, brethren, that my circumstances have turned out for the greater progress of the gospel. So Paul, one of the reasons Paul's writing this letter to the church in Philippi is he's wanting them to know, yes, I'm in prison. They've probably heard that he's in prison. He says, yes, I'm in prison, but it's going well. I'm doing well, and actually this really negative seemingly thing is producing incredible things for the glory of God, for the advancement of the gospel of Jesus. And Dustin did a great job of opening this up, the book of Philippians, up last week, okay? So uh, his current circumstances, he's in prison, he's facing trial any day, and he really doesn't know, as a result of this trial, am I going to be executed or set free? Just think if you were on trial, you don't know when the judgment it's going to be. It could be any time. It could be years from now. Think of what that would do to your worry, to your psyche, right? This is what Paul is facing. He's in physical pain. We know that Paul dealt with a lot of physical ailments, okay? Thorn in his flesh was probably some sort of chronic pain that he was dealing with. The emotional pain, he's lonely. He's obviously in prison. He did, hasn't done anything wrong. So this sense of being, I've been wronged, right? I've been victimized. He's very worried, struggling with worry. And the spiritual pain, his love for the churches, he faces the burden every day, he wishes he could be with them. I don't know about you, but this last, period, last year, it's been very challenging for me spiritually to just to not be with my family. That's you guys. I want to be together. I can't wait to be together. It's hard to not be able to see you and hug you and look into your eyes and and are you okay? And for you to minister to me and my, to me to minister to you, I can't wait to all be together. But Paul wasn't able to be with his spiritual family. He had dreams to go on to Spain and plant more churches. Those were rudely being interrupted by the Roman government. Uh, didn't they know that God had a plan, right? Just complete and total disruption. Uh, Anxiety-producing circumstances, right? You know, Winston Churchill said this. The pessimist sees difficulty in every opportunity, but the, opt the, the optimist sees opportunity in every difficulty. Now, it's a little, little 80s-ish to be, you know, the power of positive thinking, right? So that's a little old school. But there is a way to think about our circumstances that can either see the dark side and lead to a dark path, 
or there's a way to think about it that can lead us to Jesus. It can lead us into the light, into God. Amen? And that's, I think, what Churchill was pointing out there. Healthy minds have learned how to handle difficult circumstances. Amen? Life is hard. Life's hard. Suffering, pain, struggle, loss, trial, grief, disappointment, broken dreams. It's all part of life. And if you think that life shouldn't be that way, you're, you, well, you're young. <laughs> okay? Or you're old and really naive. Okay? But that's just what life is. But healthy minds have learned how to experience peace and joy and contentment uh, through whatever circumstance comes their way. Paul developed his theology of joy in the crucible of suffering. Let me say that again. Paul developed his theology, what he thinks about God, who God is, partly from the scriptures, amen, but partly from the scriptures coming alive through the crucible of suffering. Just like Daniel learned. Jeremy's Daniel now. Just like Daniel learned through that trial about the faithfulness of God. Amen? Well, I want to talk a little bit about Paul's circumstances prior to this because you think, well, what, how did he learn this? What did he walk through? Um, and I think it does put into perspective some of our extremely challenging circumstances of the 21st century. Now, I'm not making light of challenges, right? It's hard. It's a struggle. And yet sometimes perspective helps us. Amen? Paul's prior circumstances, imprisoned multiple times. He was near death often. Five times lashed 39 times. 39 times because the Jews didn't want to break the law of 40 lashes. So they just did it 39 times. He was, that was done to him five times. This brings people to near death. That's why they cut it at 40. So five times he was lashed 39 times for his faith. Three times beaten with rods, stoned, shipwrecked, night and day in the sea, in danger from rivers, robbers, Jews, Gentiles, uh, this, in the city, in the wilderness, at sea, false brothers. Dude had a lot of risk going on in his life. Sleepless nights. How'd you sleep last night? If you didn't sleep good, how are you feeling this morning? Are you with me there? Paul was like, I've gone many, many sleepless nights, hungry, often without food, thirsty, exposed to cold. I don't know about you, but the older I get, the more I don't like the cold. I felt like yesterday my feet just unthawed. <laughs> Finally. Are you with me there? And, but worse than that is my attitude. Oh, I'm so killed. Oh, my feet, right? Again, you know, where's my wool socks? Jackson stole my wool socks again. You know, it's just like, Stop, please. Okay. Exposed to cold. In the internal daily pressure of all the churches from his love for them. Those are some, a lot of circumstances that he had to learn through. So how is he processing? Let's read now. How is he processing then this current circumstance? And this is what he wants to share with the Philippians. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance. Philippians 1, verse 19. Through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit. See, Paul processes things spiritually, not according to the world's wisdom or the wisdom of the flesh. 
according to my earnest expectation and hope that I will not be put to shame in anything, but that with all boldness, Christ will, even now as always, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, but to die is gain. If I am to live on in the flesh, this will mean fruitful labor. For So one of the insights we're going to see about the, what his mind does is he leans into his anxiety and just goes down the path. Well, what happens if I die? What happens if I live? So if I live, it's going to be fruitful labor for me, and I do not know which to choose. But I am hard-pressed from both directions, having the desire to depart and be with Christ, for that is very much better. If I die, I get to be with Christ. That's better. That's much better. That's very much better. How do you feel about your death? Right? Your, in, your impending death, which all of us are going to face. If you're nervous about that, if you're afraid of that, either you're not a disciple or you, don't have, you have more faith to go in Jesus, right? If you're not a disciple, you should fear death, and you need to get with the program, all right? You need to repent and make Jesus Lord and get baptized into Christ because when you're in Christ, death is just a doorway into something far much better. But if you're not in Christ, death is a doorway into something far worse. You choose. You choose. But don't delay. Don't delay. Have an urgency about your mind. But Paul can say, hey, I'm a disciple. So if I die, I depart and be with Christ. Yeah, that's, that's, where, that's what's going on. Is it, what is it? Is that cap? That's cap? No, that's not cap. Anyways, I'm trying to learn the lingo. Um, pulling in the teens. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with all, you all for your progress and joy in the faith. I'm not living for myself. I'm living for your progress in joy in the faith so that your proud confidence in me may abound in Christ Jesus through my coming to you again. Only, so now he's getting to, so this is what's me. Listen, whether I go or stay, here's how you should conduct, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind striving together. For that's, a, that's an athletic term. That's a team term. We're striving together for a goal. That as a church, we're a team. We're striving together for the gospel, for the glory of God. Amen? To uh, bring Jesus into this dark world. For the faith of the gospel, in no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation to you, and that too from God. Even your opponents, even your anxious producing circumstances can be from God. For to you it has been granted for Christ's sake, not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake. What? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. No one told me that, Paul. I thought becoming a disciple meant it's easy peasy from here on out. Just mountaintop experiences like Josh has riding his bike, right? I thought that, wait a second, you mean there's suffering? You mean there's hardship? You mean there's days I don't feel like being a disciple and doing the right thing? I thought I had the spirit. I thought you said once I had the spirit, I was all good. 
Lose it, right? Forget it. Life's hard. Life's harder as a disciple, right? Because now you got a big target on your back. Um, and he says, for us suffer for his sake, experiencing the same conflict you saw, which you saw in me, and now here to be in me. So how does Paul process his current circumstances? If he lives, he's delivered from the shackles of prison. If he dies, he's delivered from the shackles of life. If he lives, Christ is going to be exalted in him. For me to live as Christ, it's going to mean fruitful labor. It's going to mean I'm going to continue to be poured out for you, for, you, for your progress, for your joy in the faith. In chapter 2, verse 17, and in this I rejoice. You want true joy in your life? Pour your life out for someone else. It's more blessed to give than receive. Can I get a witness? You will have a proud confidence in me, and I will not be put to shame. Because there's no shame in Jesus. Romans chapter 8, right? All kinds of shame. Uh, There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And he's confident that I will not be put to shame. Shame is often a huge source of our anxiety. You know, I remember running uh, triathlons back in the day. It was a few days ago. Uh, but in the swim, it's tough because you can't see your competition. All you're doing is getting kicked in the head constantly. Uh, but you don't know, you can't really see where you're going, uh, etc. And it's tough because in my own mind, what would start to happen is, I think I'm in last place. I think I'm in last, I know I'm in last place. What are, what, are, what are you doing? You're in last place. Like by the time the swim was over, uh, I had convinced myself that was, a, that was a shame thing going on, right? I was saying, no, of course I got out and I wasn't. Matter of fact, I did pretty good in the swim. But your mind goes down these dark paths. Know your own shame, amen? Uh, he's like, I will not be put to shame, and in this I rejoice. If I die, I go to be with Jesus. I gain paradise. I get to be with Christ which is much better by far, and I will not be put to shame there either because I approach the throne of grace with confidence because the price has been paid, and for that I rejoice. So what did he do there? He's got anxiety-producing circumstances, but he thought it through. He thought it through spiritually. If I live, this is the path that's going to go down. If I die, this is the path that's going to go down. You choose, God. You choose. It's yours. Your will be done, not mine. But either way, I'm fired up. Amen? Either way, I'm fired up. Christ is magnified. Despite all the pain I've been through and I am in and I will face, I'm set free from the associated anxiety and I can experience peace and joy and bold resolve. See, our peace and joy isn't just about our comfort. It's about, therefore, I can have a bold resolve to execute the mission for which which I've been sent the purpose for which I'm here. And that's what Paul knew. He knew what he was here for. Regardless of what will come my way, peace and joy. And then he says, you and the Philippians, Jordan, get ready, okay? You Philippians, he says in the end, he says, you're in the same arena as me. Verse 30, it says, experiencing the same conflict. That word conflict, he's like, you're in the same arena as I am. In other words, you may not be in prison for the gospel, but you're facing opponents, you're facing opposition, you're facing anxieties, you're facing spiritual struggles, you got people who love you, people who hate you, people who want you to shut up, you're being threatened, your, your family's being taken, you're in this same arena as me. That's the fellowship that Dustin preached about. 
Fellowship doesn't mean donuts downstairs in the fellowship hall. It means we're in this thing together. Let me ask you, how much skin you got in this game spiritually? How much skin do you have in the... Uh, you know where it says where it says worthy of the gospel? It means look how much skin Jesus had in the game. How much blood did Jesus have in the game? He said that's our standard. If he gave his life for it, then we give our lives for it. And nothing less is acceptable. Amen? Amen. That's awesome. So he's like, you're in the same arena as me, regardless of what happens to me. Four things. Number one, stand firm. Don't compromise in the face of suffering. Don't compromise. Daniel said, I'd rather die than pray to King Darius. What's your relationship like with the world? Are you standing firm against those temptations? Would you rather die or are you compromising? Stand firm. Secondly, stand together. We've got to be in this thing together. I can't do this alone. I need my brothers and sisters in Christ. Amen? I need you. You need me. We need each other. Stand together. Third, strive together. One mind, one purpose, one goal, one aim, and it's going to take a lot of sacrifice from all of us to complete our mission. We're striving together. And number four, we're embracing suffering. We suffer. That's part of the game. That's part of the cost. Jesus never asked us to do anything that he wasn't willing to do himself. But he also did struggle with it. We're going to remember that as we go into communion. Okay? So this, but remember, this is stuff that Paul learned. It wasn't just he flew out of the baptismal with all this incredible. No, this was taught to him by the spirit in the crucible of all these experiences, right? So we don't need to have it all figured out, but we do need to be a learner. Amen? What are you learning about how to handle your anxiety? Jordan's going to come up because one of my jobs as a parent, I believe with all my heart, is not to shield my children from suffering, not to overprotect them, but as they face trials, to parent their thinking through it, to help them go to God in their own convictions, in their own walk with God. So Jordan is going to share now about how that happened this week, and then I'm going to come up and give us some concluding questions. Um, well, most of you know, but I'm Jordan, and today I'm going to be talking about how my mind was renewed through a circumstance that I had to think about, journal, and pray through. Um, so many of you know me, and you, if you know me, you know that I love to play sports. I'm very competitive, um, and I just think sports is a great avenue for me through which I can glorify God. Um, this past week, we had high school soccer tryouts, and I'm a freshman, so it was my first year, um, it was first year playing, first year in the program, so uh, yeah, I was excited, a little nervous, but I was mainly focusing on basketball. I was thinking, okay, basketball is my main sport, I'm really going to focus on that, so soccer, I'm just going to use this to get in shape, so I was just kind of like, um, yeah, like I feel good, I'm prepared, I'm not gonna do that well, I haven't been playing, I haven't been in a league. So I was preparing myself for that, going into tryouts. And the first day of tryouts, I felt pretty good. You know, I thought I had played pretty well, the coach had, I thought the coach had seen me play well, so I was like, okay, like I got this. Um, day two was a little different. 
at the end of the tryouts, she put together a potential JV team and the potential varsity team. And she put me with the um, on the JV field and she put two of my best friends, Reese and Ava, on the varsity field. Um, so when that happened, I just really started to get frustrated. I started to get anxious. I started to um, just get mad at the coach, get mad at the players. I realized I really just wanted to play with Reese and Ava, and I didn't really care about the team so much, but I wanted to be with them. Um, I came home with an attitude, and obviously my dad saw that, and um, he challenged me to imitate Paul's example in Philippians and to write out and pray about um, how I was going to handle either situation in a spiritual way. So the first path I went down, like Paul did, is if I make JV and Reese and Ava are on varsity. So I read through um, many scriptures, and there are four that I um, pulled out and really, I think, impacted me the most. The first, the first one is Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and that is that God has a plan for us. So I really just focused on that God has a plan for me. It's a great plan, and I don't know that plan, and I'm, I'm okay with that. The second one is Ephesians 3, and that is that says that God gives us abundantly more than we can ask. Um, God knows what I want. He knows um, the desires of my heart, and he can give me that, and he can give me more than that. So if he is um, holding those things from me, he obviously has reasons. The third one is Romans 8, and that says that nothing can separate us from God's love. So just reading that and knowing that nothing I can do can separate me from God's love was super comforting. And knowing that because he loves me, again, he wants to see me happy. He wants to see me succeed. So knowing that um, he wants to see me happy. And then so if he's withholding that from me, then um, he obviously he has those reasons and he has a plan. The last scripture um, that I really clung to was Isaiah 55. Verses 8 through 9, and I'm going to read that. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. So I think that just really kind of summed up what I um, learned from going through all those scriptures, and just really, um, I think, spoke to me the most. The second path was me making varsity. And I focused on three um, kind of big topics in this. I looked, um, I looked about on scriptures about respecting those who are older than me, respecting the upperclassmen, and how I was going to do that if I were to make that team. The second thing was humility. This would be um, a humbling experience, and I would have to learn how to accept my role in the team, which that role would be pretty low. Um, and then the third one was compassion compassion on those who maybe didn't make the team they wanted, um, those dealing with disappointment. So I wrestled and prayed about both these paths, both these circumstances, and I put it into God's hand. I surrendered it and went into tryouts the next day with a lot more peace and a lot better attitude. The result was I made JV, and I'm super excited to just build and strengthen those friendships um, with my teammates. And I'm also really excited for the girls who have the opportunity to play on varsity and play at that higher level. Um, 
I've learned how to be at peace in an anxious situation through this and ultimately glorify God. It's been an honor to share with you guys today um, how through this anxious circumstance that the Holy Spirit has renewed my mind, brought me peace, joy, and resolved me to accept God's will. Just listening to her, obviously I feel a lot of things, right? <clears throat> but listening to her, it, what if every teenager could be trained to think this way in our dark world? The anxiety, right? What if every adult could? Um, there's so much good in the Word of God. There's so much good. This is what we bring to the world. Amen? Uh, let's bring it unashamedly. I think uh, uh, not only was Jordan happier, but the whole house was happier the next day. Are you with me, uh, parents? Anyone who has teenage girls, you know, you need Philippians, okay? And boys, sorry, that was offensive. Anyone who has teenagers? Okay, move along. That was going so well. Uh, we'll just close with this, guys. Our thinking, couple keys to our thinking. Um, right here, number one, examine your thoughts. Are you aware of how you think and feel in difficult circumstances? If, you're just, if you just think, well, I just feel this way or whatever, if you're not aware of well, your tendency of how to think how you think, you've got to be able to helicopter out of that. It's like, how am I thinking here? Is it spiritual or is it of the flesh? How do you tend to respond? Second, speak. You've got to speak to that anxiety. You've got to speak to the nature of that flesh. Uh, for example, hello, anxiety. I just want you to know I'm not afraid of you. Matter of fact, I would like to thank you for leading me into intimacy with God, the Word of God, the Spirit of God, and teaching me how to rely on Him and not myself. You are teaching me, and I am learning. Matter of fact, I consider you pure joy. I am rejoicing, and I will rejoice, for the Lord is near. The Lord is sovereign. The Lord loves me, and the Lord has given me strength. Now, anxiety, be gone, right? Speak to it firmly like that. Anyways, so you got to speak to it. How do you speak to your anxiety? Do you listen to it, or does it listen to you? Okay, thirdly, explore the path. Path number one, and then how will God use this path? Path number two, how will God use that path? Path number three, how will God use this path? About 15 years ago, so I was having anxiety attacks about my marriage, about just someday I'm just afraid, I'm freaking out that Christy will leave me and take all the kids. And there was no basis for it. There was as much reassurance as would come from her. I had to work that out with God. Amen? And I had to wrestle like, like Jordan did through these different pathways and how I would glorify God no matter what happened. You know what? God's taken that away. I don't feel that way at all anymore. Amen? Now I'm on to my next anxiety, but that one is not an issue for me. How about you? Have you explored the past? Number four, pray. Cast it all on God. Your will be done. I will not be put to shame. I can do all things through Christ who will strengthen me. And lastly, resolve. Joyfully, peacefully, and boldly resolve to fill in the blank. What's your purpose in life? What's your reason for living? Why are you here? Paul knew that answer. I'm here to strengthen and encourage the churches. Maybe that's not why you're here, the mission of Paul, but God has a mission for you. He has a destiny for you. And the crucible of suffering helps refine and clarify what 
that is. So just like the mind of Paul, like the mind of the Spirit is the mind of Christ. We see Jesus go through this process in Matthew 26 as he prayed in the garden. He wrestled. He wrestled with his anxiety. He wrestled with his will, not wanting to go to the cross. He wrestled with the promises of God. He boldly then resolved, rise, let us go. Here comes my betrayer. Let's remember Jesus as we take communion at this time. Amen. Father, thank you so much for giving us the book of Philippians. There's so much richness into the mind of Christ, the mind of the Spirit, and the mind of Paul. Help us to renew our minds as we study and think about these scriptures. Father, I pray as we face anxious circumstances in our life, that we can be like Jesus, that we can wrestle, that we can struggle through it, that we can let it go and we can resolve to follow you in your will to be done whatever that may be. Thank you that Jesus surrendered himself. We're here. We can be saved. We can be cleansed and washed and renewed and transformed because he allowed himself to walk through those anxious circumstances of the cross to be buried and to be raised by the power of your spirit. This is what we celebrate. This is what we proclaim until he returns. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.